Welcome back to the LV Edit. I'm your host, Kristen Wagner, the editor-in-chief of Lehigh Valley Style. This podcast takes listeners behind the scenes of the magazine and celebrates life in the Lehigh Valley. I'm so glad you're here. I'm really excited for today's episode with Amy Oselkin. We featured Amy in the September edition of Lehigh Valley Style. I visited Amy's home in Allentown for the magazine's photo shoot and have just really loved getting to know her. She is the author of The Story Behind the Poem, A Reflection on Mommyhood, Miscarriages, and Marriage, which we talk a lot about in this episode. She is also a QVC on-air guest host. Formerly, Amy was the senior lifestyle editor for In Touch Weekly. She was a bi-coastal reporter, producer, and fashion expert for E! News. We chat about all of this and more. I know you're going to love this episode. Let's get into the conversation. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share that we unfortunately had some technical difficulties while recording our conversation, and upon listening to the episode back, I realized that we actually had more than we were aware of, so just be mindful of that as you listen, and I appreciate your your patience with us. Amy had such great responses, so in an effort to not lose any of them, I'll be popping on throughout the episode to sort of bridge the gap in any conversation holes. I apologize for these connection issues and hope you still really enjoy our conversation. Uh, It was a good one. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Welcome to the LV Edit podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. We, We were so excited to feature you in our September edition of Lehigh Valley Style. And it was really fun to meet you at the photo shoot with Allison Conklin, which took place at your lovely home in Allentown. And we're really happy with how the whole piece came together. I mean, I was so touched. Um, I loved having you guys over that morning. Um, And then the words that Amy Unger wrote, I mean, she really captured my story and my journey. And I just, I loved everything about the article as well. So that was really beautiful. So thank you. Oh, that's so nice to hear. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I feel like people probably wonder how these connections come to be. And I would love if you could tell the story of how you met my colleague, Denise Lichty, back in May at Boutique To Go. Yes. So I met Denise at one of my first book signings. It was hosted by Elena at Boutique to Go, one of my most favorite stores. I mean, moving here to the Allentown and Lehigh Valley area, I was like, I I love boutique shopping. So that is sort of found my home away from home. And Elena um, has been so supportive of my journey. I actually work with her daughter-in-law, Desiree, at QVC. She's a model and I'm a guest host. So our paths have crossed a lot and we have kids the same age. Um, But Elena offered to host this book signing and I was nervous and I thought, oh my gosh, what if no one comes? Like, and I was just so pleasantly surprised and happy. And then I sat next to um, Denise and we just kind of started talking and she has a daughter in LA. I'm from LA. Her daughter's kids are named Dylan and Owen. My kids are named Dylan and Owen um, and Danica. We just had all these, uh, you know, common similarities. And Denise said, you know, I should really put you in touch 
with you, um, Kristen, from the magazine because you would be like a great person to feature. And like, I can't tell you enough how much it meant to me because I worked for In Touch Weekly for five years. I was a magazine editor. I was the senior lifestyle editor at In Touch Weekly. Um, I covered, you know, celebrity fashion events, the Met Gala, celebrity weddings, the royal wedding, but I always featured other people. So to actually be the feature of the magazine and have the photo shoot and the interview, it just felt so full circle. Aw, yes, Denise came back and told me how she met you and, and what a great story you have and how we had to feature you in the magazine. And that's really, you know, how it went. I reached out to you shortly after and, and we got the ball rolling. Um, and like you said, you were there, you were doing a book signing for your book, The Story Behind the Poem, a Reflection on Mommyhood, Miscarriages and Marriage. And listeners can learn more about the book and, and read excerpts of it in the article in our September edition. Um, but I'd love if you could talk to me about your writing process and, and your decision to publish some of these really personal and in beautiful poems in the book. So I have been writing poems my whole life. Like my first poem I wrote in fourth grade um, and it was published and my mom actually just who's visiting from LA right now um, brought me the book with that poem in it. So I always write poems. I just think it's an outlet um, for me to express my feelings. I find it very therapeutic. Um, and all, uh, all the while I've been writing poems, um, they've kind of been all over the place, maybe written in a journal, written on a piece of paper, written in my phone sometimes. And my husband had just said, you know, you should really collect all the poems. Hi, guys. Popping in to let you know that we lost connection here, but... What you missed is Amy sharing how her husband encouraged her to collect all of the poems she was writing, especially the ones about motherhood. Next, you're going to hear her speak about how in 2016, she experienced her first miscarriage at 17 weeks pregnant and how writing poems was a real outlet for her at that time. Along, I was 17 weeks along in my pregnancy and a lot of poems came out of me during that time because I just was going through so much in my life. I was experiencing something really traumatic and I was still trying to figure out what was going on. So I just kept writing these poems. And then um, a year after that, I had had a, another miscarriage and then I had this healthy baby boy, Owen, now my middle son. So there was so much that was going on as we were creating our family. And he said, why don't you collect all the poems you've written about the good times of parenting, about pregnancy, about the hardships you've been going through with miscarriages and tell the story behind them. And then I also included a family photo. So after every poem is just like a little paragraph about what was going on in my life. And then I also include this photo. So um, my kids love it because they kind of have a track record of how they came to be. We lost connection again here, but Amy is about to share the impact that her book has had on readers and some of the responses she's received. One grandmother bought three copies because her family, her um, daughter-in-law was having a lot of trouble. And so she bought it as a gift. Um, but there's also happy things in the book about, you know, what it's like to watch your baby sleep through the night and, you know, go through a feeding without getting spit up all over. And um, so there's just kind of something for everyone. 
Oh, I love it so much. I was going to ask you like what the response has been from readers since you released the book. And it just, it seems like it's touched your audience in so many different ways. Yeah. And you know, even ways that I didn't expect, like one of the, the book signings was right before mother's day that was in Philly. And, you know, a lot of my life, I've always thought, Oh, mother's day could be a really hard day for people who have lost their mother. But at that book signing, there was a woman there who shed light on the fact that like Mother's Day was a really hard day for her because she wanted to have a family and she was struggling. So I never naively um, kind of thought of Mother's Day from that viewpoint where like it's really hard for women who want to be parents, want to be a mom and, and they can't yet or that's not in their past. So I was really touched by that and she supported the book and she found comfort in the books. And um, I'm just really grateful for all the responses. Yeah, that's, that's really incredible and, and such a, a special anecdote that you shared. And I was curious, you know, there's obviously the book is such a journey and the poems are, you know, tackle so many different times in your life. But I was curious if there's, like one takeaway from the book or one common thread or theme, what, what you hope that that is or what you think it might be? You know, I have so many. And, and like I said, when I started the book signing where I met Denise, that was probably my second book signing. So to go from there, which was in the beginning of May to now we're in September, um, my wish for what people take away has even evolved. Um, I guess one of the big things is I think as women, we should all give ourselves some grace. I think whether you're um, hard on yourself because a pregnancy didn't go well or something's going on in your marriage or your kids are not sleeping through the night or you still look like you're pregnant, even though your kid is two years old, um, we all need to give ourselves some grace. Uh, I think that parenting is hard. And while it comes with so many wonderful things that you are just so, you feel so lucky and touched that you get to experience, it also comes with a lot of hardship and the day-to-day routines and struggles are real. And like, give yourself that ability to feel what you're feeling. It's right. You're not doing anything wrong. This is the way it is. So give yourself some grace. I also think um, something that I'd like people to know is, you know, I work on TV and I work at QVC and my job is to go on air and sell Clark shoes. And I've been doing it for over 11 years and I absolutely love it. I love going on TV. I love selling the shoes, but sometimes like on social media or on air, we present ourselves in a certain way. Like everything's great. This is picture perfect. Oh, look, my family, we just went to the Bahamas. And like everyone kind of shows this certain side on social media or on the surface, you know, sometimes as women, we don't always share. We feel like we can't share or, oh my God, if we told everyone what was happening, you know, maybe they wouldn't like us or they wouldn't think of us the same way. So I just want women to feel comfortable connecting and talking and sharing because I do find that really healing. I think both of those are are such great reminders that we all need to hear and you know we we can't hear that enough of giving ourselves grace and and you know just like you said sharing a little bit more and being a little bit more open about 
what we're really going through. I, I think, I think those are both great takeaways. And like you said, you've been, you know, all over promoting the book, you know, May through September. I've seen you at NBC Philly Live, WFSB News, uh, 69 News. You were with Eve Russo. And like you said earlier, I mean, when you were at In Touch uh, Weekly, you were, you know, kind of more behind the scenes and, and always promoting someone else. And I'm curious what the experience has been like for you, you know, promoting your own story and and your own project. Um, you know, it's like, it's been humbling. It's been really hard to believe, like, even though I always wanted this, and I truly always wanted to publish my poems, I just didn't have the idea before of how to really do it. Um, so the experience has been amazing, life changing. I feel like it's taken me on this unexpected journey where I've met all these different people. Um, as far as like, sometimes I'm self-conscious, like when we did the Barnes and Noble ones, I was a little nervous about meeting people. Um, and I loved doing like the TV appearances because there's something so fun for me about doing live. And like, um, it was funny because one of the hosts had said like he had auditioned for QVC and like it kind mm -hmm. of went into this tangent. So I loved that kind of unexpectedness, but I've been felt, been feeling very welcomed. I did, um, I was the guest speaker for the Jewish Federation's first event of this year. And the community just was really receptive and everyone bought the book. I actually donated the proceeds for that day. So that was really felt good to do something to give back to the community, but um, it's been rewarding. That's great. I mean, it looks like you're really enjoying yourself and um, it's, it's just been fun to follow along with. And um, I'm wondering if you have any book signings coming up where, where listeners can, can go find you and, and get a copy of the book. So the book's available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. As far as events, on October 7th, I was nominated for an Ina Star Award. So there's an event open to the public in Allentown. I, you just go to enastar.org um, to get tickets. And I was nominated for Author of the Year. And it's just the Ina Star is all about um, kind of recognizing artistic you know, people in the community and, um, and you could check amyoselkin.com for all the dates. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations on your author of the year nomination. Talk to me about the honor of being nominated and what that means to you. Well, that really took me by surprise. Um, this is, uh, it, it really did. I was so touched. Um, I, I'm excited to kind of like branch out into the community amongst other artists, everyone from fashion designers to makeup artists to actors, everyone who is in the arts is sort of recognized um, by this organization. That's so exciting. Seriously, congratulations. Well, I'd love to go back in time a little bit and talk about your journey that led you here. Um, prior to your life in the Lehigh Valley, you were living in LA and 
As we said, you have a really impressive resume. You were the senior lifestyle editor for In Touch Weekly, um, a fashion expert for E! News. So I'd love if you could tell me a little bit more about those experiences. Uh, you shared some really, you, you know, interesting stories with me at the photo shoot about you know, working with the Kardashians, the Real Housewives, yeah. um, you name it. So I'd love to hear more. Yeah, so I'm from Los Angeles. And actually, that question just made me think of something else I hope people take away from the book, but I'll, um, I'll intertwine that. Um, uh, so I'm from Los Angeles, born and bred. I'm from the Valley. So like, if you ever saw the movie Clueless, I'm truly a Valley girl. Um, when <laughs> I went away to college in Atlanta, where I met my husband at Emory University, I spent the summers interning for E! News. So when I graduated college, um, I was a theater studies and journalism major. I was like, gosh, I really want to um, get uh, you know, a job now that I've interned. I didn't get the job right away. And I actually was a page at CBS, which is kind of like an intern. I sat the audience for American Idol. I asked them to spit their chewing gum into my plastic cup. I actually have a poem about that. <laughs> Very humbling and pre-COVID when you weren't as concerned with germs. Mm -hmm. um, I also, um, you know, worked on The Price is Right and wrote the name tags, answered phones, guarded bathrooms for like the late, late show host at the time. Um, it wasn't Conan O'Brien. It was Craig, Craig Ferguson. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, so very interesting job. Finally, E! News called and they said, actually, we don't have a spot in the news. We, we have a show for Fashion Police. So I got hired at Fashion Police. And that was um, not when Joan Rivers was on. It was Robert Verdi, who I'm still friendly with. Um, but I had, when um, that show ended, I kind of just walked into the newsroom and was like, hi, my show just ended. Do you guys need anyone? And they were like, actually, yes, one of our field producers is off. Could you go and interview Destiny's Child today? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> um, so I like went to their recording session and that was like one of the first interviews I ever did. And then, um, yeah, that kind of took off. So I kind of created a, a little, you know, brand for myself. I covered a lot of the fashion stories. So I got to go to New York Fashion Week with E! News. I got to go to Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' wedding in Italy. I got to cover red carpets. Like, um, I remember interviewing, like, George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez and all these, Halle Berry and all these, Orlando Bloom, all, Katy Perry, like, all these amazing stars. And it, it happened um, you know, relatively quickly, but it was just so exciting. It was such an exciting time. It was also before social media. So it was really when like Extra and E! News and Entertainment Tonight was super big. Um, and then my husband, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, was in New York. He went to medical school in New York and I asked to transfer to the New York office. And my boss was like, sure. And like, I said, I'm going for Memorial Day. And she was like, great, like book a one-way ticket. And I was like, okay. And I remember landing and that night was a premiere for a junket for the movie Evening with Claire Danes. And I remember like walking around Manhattan being like, where am I? <laughs> I like remember falling on a sidewalk on the way home and in the gift bag after the junket, they gave like a towel. <laughs> and I remember being like, I'm just gonna 
clean that, you know, clean myself off with this towel. Like it was just <laughs> such a surreal, like, you know, arriving in Manhattan. Um, we ended up staying in Manhattan from 2007 to 2015. Um, and during that time, I left E! News. I really, in the back of my mind, always wanted to be on QVC. I wanted to present. I used to, you know, as a little girl, I used to do skits for my mom about like, you should buy this sarong and you should like, look at this can opener. Look how versatile it is. Like I used to put on all these shows. So um, at E! I realized, you know, I keep putting magazine editors on camera. Let me apply to be a magazine editor. So I applied online to In Touch Weekly and I was hired and slowly I became like, kind of um, in charge of all the lifestyle stories. So if it wasn't, um, you know, like a news breaking news cover, like who had, you know, the best bikini bodies and like covering, um, you know, what fashion trends or what handbags the celebrities were using or what their favorite workout was. So I got like in that category and also still celebrity weddings. I really loved reading in the article about, you know, how you always wanted to work for QVC and how you applied so many times before you got the gig, because I feel like that's such a relatable story and, and a good one to share for people who maybe see themselves somewhere, but keep facing rejection. And I just, I love the mindset that you had of like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing all this great stuff. I'm putting in the work. I'm, uh, I'm a great candidate. Like they'll hire me eventually. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know if it was just being naive or young or like what it was. When we lost connection here, Amy was talking about how not taking no for an answer has also played a big role in her book publishing journey. She shares that she wrote query letters and sent them to more than 200 publishers, but no one was willing to take her on and publish her book. So she made the decision to proceed with publishing it herself and... Now she's about to share how she went ahead and actually did that. Z.com and basically you hire what you need. So I like needed a copy editor. I needed someone to help me with the cover for formatting for like Kindle for formatting for print. And I just learned along the way how to do it. And the truth is I, I wouldn't have really done it any other way, even though this isn't like I have a big publishing house behind me or a fancy literary agent. I feel a lot of ownership over the journey that the book has taken. And like, it looks the way I wanted it to look. Um, I, I even spoke to a publicist at some point being like, you know, would you help me market it? And she was like $5,000 retainer fee. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not there at all. Um, but even so, I thought I can pitch this, like I could get this out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, if there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes the way is not how you saw it going, but it works. So that was another lesson I would, I would share with people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think that you have always kind of been that way? Or where do you think that comes from? Is that something you know, later in your career, you found that within yourself of like, I'll make it happen? Or is that always how you've been? Well, I've just always wanted to do well and do what I want to do. And I think my, my parents have all, you know, have set great examples for that. My dad was a doctor, a foot doctor and decided to open an ice skating and roller skating rink when I was like in eighth grade. And 
my mom was a teacher, but in her late fifties was like, I want to be a therapist and like went to graduate school with like my friends from college. She went to graduate school with. So, I mean, I, I have really great examples. Um, so yeah, I, but it's interesting because now that I'm raising a family, uh, you know, the littlest thing like Dylan, get your own water, like put your shoes on like these little tasks. And like, was I just willing to go put on my socks and shoes and leave the house? Or does it always have to be a fight in the morning? So I'm actually trying to remember more about, um, you know, what I used to be like as I'm raising these kids and then they're teaching me, um, you know, my middle one is so passionate about art. They all have all these little passions. So I'm sort of learning kind of how to be again through them. Yeah, absolutely. Aw. Well, and I mean, it, it, you seem to have really found your footing in the Lehigh Valley. You've yeah. um, told style writer Amy Unger that when you recently went back to California to visit family, you kind of had this revelation of not really belonging there anymore. Um I'd love to hear about that and about, you know, your life in the Lehigh Valley and what, what you love about it here now. Um, it's funny because, like I said, my mom is visiting from L.A. and that is fully where all my family is. I, I mean, they're spread out, but like my brother, sister, my dad and my mom are all in L.A. Um, I feel like L.A. is home in the sense that my family is there. But as far as the community here in the Lehigh Valley, I feel like we do belong. Uh, My kids have made really nice bonds. We've made really nice bonds with other families. There's so much to be said for growing up in a smaller community. I know it's not particularly small, but like versus growing up in a big city, um, I felt like we have lots of different pockets of friends, whether it's through the JCC, whether it's through like the Parkland School District, whether it's through our temple, um, my, you know, friends at the gym, like the bar, I go to bar three, title boxing, like, I just feel like there's such a nice community, wherever you go, the people at Wegmans and Giant know me and Whole Foods, (laughs) like, there's just a sense of belonging. And even this uh, book, like the fact that it all, you know, boutique to go this amazing little store uh, supported me, I just felt really supported. And like I said earlier, I just hosted this event at the Jewish Federation. And there's just something to be said about a community this big where it's it's big enough to have lots of diversity, but it's small enough where you can find a friend in all the aspects of your day. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. And I mean, you your your job with QVC now is is fairly convenient for you but I know you said it can be kind of hectic going back and forth what does that look like day to day yeah my days are hectic that is a good (laughs) um, way to describe it every hour of my day is definitely has like a slot for something to do (laughs) Um, so yeah I on like usually I work Tuesday nights and Saturdays and um, my schedule is is for the most part on those two days, I know I'm usually working, but the rest of the week is more random. Um, but yeah, I commute to Westchester, Pennsylvania, and that's about a little over an hour and 50, like an hour and 10 minutes. And um, 
all hours, that 476 is a real not so fun at mm -hmm. one or two in the morning, let me tell you, um, because all the shows are live. But I would say like daily, um, you know, I get up and get the kids to school. Two of my kids take the bus. One, one my daughter is a drop off. So, and then I usually go to like one of the gyms. So like, I love bar three. It's on my really close to me or title boxing, or I work out at the JCC, um, or I take like a, te a, a tennis lesson. This is a day I'm not working, but then I, you know, come home and do like work on the computer, take care of the kids, whether someone needs a doctor's appointment or uh, grocery shopping, anything like that. And then I usually, if they don't have soccer or tennis or flag football or dance and I have to go to work, then I'll usually leave for work and um, pop into the studio, get ready there for about an hour and then you go on air. Sometimes it's just seven minutes, sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's 24 hours. So um, it's always something new and different. <laughs> that keeps it fun though. I'm sure that that doesn't get old. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. Like even today, I it's funny, I got scheduled for an airing on, um, I think it's the 26th of September. And I already had that day scheduled. Like I already know what each kid was doing. And I was like, and we'll just start again because now <laughs> I have a show. So we'll just regroup. <laughs> Derailed all the plans. Yeah. Oh, well, and I always love to ask, I mean, you mentioned a few things, bar three and title boxing, um, tennis, but I always love to ask about personal routines and, and daily habits and whether you have any non-negotiables when it comes yeah. to starting your day or, or maybe even evening routines. I am such a schedule person. Like my mom has always says like right when I came home from school I used to write in my assignment book like four to five snack five to six math six to seven break eight like I am <laughs> that is who I am to this day so I would say like I get up and get the kids packed and ready and out the door but like my non-negotiable is between nine and ten or nine fifteen and ten fifteen or sometime during that chunk of day, I exercise. If I don't exercise, I don't function. Um, I feel better. It grounds me. So like my non-negotiable is that time of the day. Of course, if a kid has a dentist appointment or I have to work or I have a show, um, I'll fit it in some other time of the day. Maybe I'll wake up at 6am that day, but I would say that's a non-negotiable. Um, I would say my hardest time of the day in the routine is like 4 p.m. because it's kind of like when the everyone gets home, everyone's like kind of tired and hungry, including me. And then mm -hmm. it's like the activities haven't exactly started yet because most of them start around five. So it's like this weird hour of like, I remember when the babies were little to call it like the witching hour when it's like everyone's in a fog. I, I don't love that's yeah. my least favorite time of the day. <laughs> Um, that's like a free for all. And then it's like activities, dinner, bath, books, and bed. And then, um, my husband works a really weird schedule too. He's on call every other week. He's a doctor at St. Luke's in Bethlehem. So it's weird that like both of us kind of thrive on routine, but we have to be flexible and adapt. So, um, at night I, 
I do read a lot. Um, I'm in a book club, so that's really. Oh, well, and it's funny what you said about, you know, you and your husband are both very routine people, but you don't necessarily have routine jobs or, or lives. But I feel like that's probably, you're probably the best people equipped to handle those sorts of, you know, hectic, chaotic uh, schedules, because you are so good about your routines. Yeah, we try to find routine in the chaotic, um, whether that means like dropping everything and just shifting. It's taken time. It's definitely not my dream to be like this, but it, um, you know, and as I'm teaching our kids, like schedules really help, especially now with homework and activities and um, full day of school. It's, it's nice to have some structure. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I, I think I might've, you might've cut off a little bit when you were mentioned your book club. Did you, you said, um, did you share anything about that? That, that was something you got involved with locally and it sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Just like a local group of us reading books and, um, yeah, we love it. I, I tried my best to always get there a lot of times I read the books commuting to QVC like I do audible (laughs) or I listen to podcasts like yours so um but yeah I'm reading yeah we it's interesting because it's like different genres of books so I do love like the fiction rom-com chiclet as it's called um but in this club we read all different types so period uh, historic books. And this one's just for, about design. It's called, I think I said it already, counterfeit and spelled like designer handbag. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I mean, and that's a good segue. I wanted to talk to you about um, fashion and your time working for fashion police. And, you know, you have a great sense of style. And we talked a little bit about your favorite places to shop in the Valley. Um, tell me about, you know, your love for fashion and, and maybe what you're wearing these days. If there's any trends you're loving or hating for fall, we, we want to hear everything. I love fashion. I learned that from my mom. I always say who's sitting right next to me right now. Like we took shopping seriously. Um, it was like a competitive sport for us, never buy retail, always on sale. I mean, like, I always say, like, I took my first steps at Lowman's, which was like um, a designer. It it was kind of like TJ Maxx. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I love fashion. I, it's always been um, just a part of my day picking out what to wear to school. I just, Think it's so fun. Um, my basic rules are I like flattering pieces. So even though if something's really trendy, like this just happened at work, I just wore like these jeans, which everyone's wearing like the wider kind of big yes. jeans. Like yes. um, I just, I have a pair. They're so comfortable. They kind of fit like sweats, but on air, I was like, Ugh, it's just look good. <laughs> so I mean, I try not to nest. I always try to like on trend, but more like flattering. I like nice fits and materials. And um, my mom always loves vintage shopping or like estate jewelry, like all that stuff. Um, I do love in the valley. We do go to 
a boutique to go. There's AM Lux in Bethlehem. There's a designer consigner in Bethlehem. So I also do a lot of my shopping though at small boutiques near QVC. I'm, I prefer in-person shopping, even though I work at QVC um, for clothes. I Shoes are a little different, but clothes, I do like to go to the boutiques. Um, as far as like fashion, I am so influenced by Kate Middleton. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's like, because I'm like the same age as her. I met my husband in college. I always wanted to be a princess. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> she is just the best fashion sense. And it's funny because her styles evolved a lot and she used to be a lot more dresses, fitted dresses and um, like very feminine. And now she, like a lot of us are moving into suits. And I think this fall in particular, fall of 2023, we are seeing a lot of blazers and slacks and vests. And like, I'm kind of totally into it. Even 90s throwbacks of suits. Um, I'm loving that. But to me, fall is by far the best fashion. Um, fall Fashion Week just happened in New York. It's funny because I remember covering it and wearing like these crazy shoes and they were so uncomfortable. And I would go from show to show to show in a day, interviewing the celebrities sitting front row and the designers backstage in these awful, awful shoes that hurt. And now I work for like a comfort shoe brand that has so many stylish things. So <laughs> wish I knew then what I know now, but um, yeah, the, the excitement of fall fashion. And I don't, I like summer uh, colors. I like, I like jewel tones and you know, pink has been really big because of the Barbie movie, but um, I'm excited for like more of the tweeds and the textures and the plaids and like the burgundy Merlot colors that come with fall. Me too. I'm so excited just listening to you talk about blazers. I like, I can't wait to pull mine out for the fall. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I keep seeing a lot on social media about uh, ballet flats making a yes. massive comeback and that it's kind of controversial on social right now I think people have mixed feelings but I'm excited about it interesting well ballet flats and it's funny that we're even because I know we're talking about my book but I sell a lot of ballet flats um, yes and the secret with a ballet flat is actually called a dead fit meaning that it's it either fits or it doesn't and I remember there's no give um so what Clark's does, which is really interesting, is we do like an elasticized top line. So we do stretch at the top and padding at the bottom. Because I remember living in the meatpacking district of Manhattan, and it's all cobblestone. And wearing, I still remember them, these silver ballet flats. <laughs> I would never, sometimes I feel like wearing a heel can be more comfortable than a ballet flat, depending on your foot like for me I have really flat feet so a little lift is actually really comfortable um I do wear a lot of like the platform sneaker look still I'm really into that glad it's still yes. hanging in but I mean we just came from like celebrating Rosh Hashanah which is like a big Jewish holiday it's the start of the new year and we went to temple at Beth El and it was like talking about community um I love getting dressed up for services. Uh, well, so I was curious, you know, what's next for you? Are you writing? Are you working on your second book? What What do you have planned? Um, so I loved how Amy wrote in the end of the story, like, um, you know, 
writing and working and if Amy, my dream for the book would be that a songwriter or a singer turns some of the poems to a song. I'm totally tone deaf. I can't sing for the life of me. I always said like, if I could sing, I'd be a really good singer because <laughs> I love it so much. But my dream would definitely be for some of the poems to be turned into a song like oh my gosh I would love that um but in the book as Amy wrote like if if there's nothing more that happens I'm very grateful um I do have more collections of poems uh, one of the book signings a woman came up to me and said you have to wait for like another experience to happen to you and I thought that was really interesting so she was kind of saying like motherhood and raising a family and this young age of having children and being in a marriage um she was kind of saying like wait till more things happen so that's kind of been on my mind but i do have a lot of poems um i always had like a second volume in the works i just don't know when uh, i i'll be moving towards publishing that but there is there is more poems to come for sure Oh, no, I, I liked that, that advice from that reader as well. I mean, I'm sure there's so much ahead of you and, you know, you'll find endless inspiration yeah. to write more poems and, and we'll be keeping an eye yeah. out for when, when that second iteration comes. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We end every episode by sharing a recent experience we've had locally. It can be somewhere we went, someone we met, an event we attended. Um, for me, as I'm, you know, we're, we're approaching fall and I'm reflecting on the summer. And one of my favorite places to go this summer was the Utter Bar uh, in Allentown. Mm. It's uh, for ice cream, but they had, I had probably the best milkshake ever. It was wow. coffee, cookies and cream uh, flavor. And it was so delicious. I've been dreaming of getting it again ever since. So that's that's my shout out. I, I've been following along with the Utter Bar for several years now, and I finally made a point of going this summer and loved it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I, that is such a good treat. Um, I could give you, so I know for sure this weekend is my daughter's birthday, and we're having that at Accent uh, Dance Studio <laughs> next to like... Aww. Red Robin. So I'm excited to go there. We were planning on going apple picking before. So we either go to Grimm's or we go to this uh, Valley Fruits and Veggies. We like go to, yes. we hit up as many orchards as we can. Um, my mom is here visiting. So I think for dinner, one of these nights, um, we will do the Shelby because um I love their Greek salad. Um, and then another thing that we just had is we just, like I said, we just had these holidays. So I just had amazing catering because I'm not a good cook. I can cook and I have a few dishes that I can like rotate. But when it comes to cooking for a lot of people, I don't know how to like heat properly to keep the food warm and all that. So um, Drew Lopez, which um, I think you could find him hopefully on his website um he catered for us and he made like chicken and roast vegetables and i made the chicken noodle soup which was like okay it was amazing <laughs> um but yeah i mean 
and then like tonight we have football flag football at um grange park so i mean like we are all over the lehigh valley <laughs> yeah so many fun things i also love the shelby but i don't think i've ever had their greek salad so now i'm going to be oh, craving good. that i add a little tofu on it a teriyaki mm. lace tofu Delicious. oh that sounds fabulous yeah. And it, oh my gosh, we are in prime apple picking season right now. It is just beautifully fall outside. So that sounds yeah. like so much fun. I think I'm actually going to take my mom shopping right now to Bethlehem and to Boutique to go because she likes to shop. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that'll be so much fun. Well, I hope you guys have a blast, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was wonderful and I'd love if you could let listeners know where they can follow along with you on social media or find your website all of the things yeah so my books on amazon and barnesandnoble.com um I have my own website amyoselkin.com you could email me directly from there or I'm on instagram at amyoselkin o-s-e-l-k-i-n anyone I get lots of different spellings which is totally (laughs) fun um and then also I have a Facebook page, um, uh, facebook.com slash Clarks for QVC. And that's more like shoe, shoe content. <laughs> Perfect. We all have to get our ballet flats for fall. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so thank much, you. Amy. Thank I you. Have a great day. Oh, right. you too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to my episode with Amy O'Selkin. I hope you loved this conversation and check out her book, The Story Behind the Poem. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and follow me at LVStyleKristen on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.